continue the conversation at dannymorell.com backslash awaken you. David Sucklin, you're back. Good to be back. Yeah. Thanks for good, having me. It's good to have you. I, I got to ask you, for people listening, 30 seconds or less, why should they tune in till the very end? Uh, well, because you're a great interviewer and I'm sure you're going to ask me all kinds of interesting questions. And the conversation we had last time was, was interesting. And I think there's a, a kind of resonance that you and I have, like we, we come at things slightly differently, but there's so much crossover. So it's fun to talk about our work together and, and kind of jam on that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a cornergetics practitioner. It's a somatic psychotherapy. And so I work with people's emotions and, um, help them express uh, what's in the unconscious, and you know that that is a uh, an endless puzzle, I think, uh, for people to solve. And uh, I saw a quote today; I forget who said it, but uh, you know, we we have this idea that we want to go explore in, in outer space, but really going like inside—that's really the, the the territory, the most interesting territory. I think to explore and that's that's really what i spent my life doing yeah how, how did you get started in this i was always interested in therapy for whatever reason i saw a woody allen movie on tv manhattan when i was 12 or 13 and there was a scene where he was seeing a psychiatrist and they were talking about the unconscious and this idea that they we had an unconscious and there was things that we didn't know about thoughts and feelings. Obviously, I was 12 or 13. I didn't really get it, but there was something about that that captivated me. And then my friend's mother asked me, you know, the typical question, what are you going to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a psychiatrist. And it just came out of me. And she said, oh, you want to listen to people's problems? And I said, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I... I don't know why, like, why are we interested in the things we're interested in? I was just interested. And then, um, and then I became an actor, which is, is not psychotherapy, but it is an exploration of, of, of our inner world and, and of emotions. And so acting class and acting in scenes for me felt like similar somehow. It's a kind of, there's a kind of therapeutic element to it. There's a catharsis in it. And of course, I uh, like most actors. I was I was in therapy. I started in therapy in my mid twenties, and just got into all different kinds of therapy. Regular psychotherapy. I saw a psychiatrist, and then I started down in Gestalt therapy, which I found fascinating. Then what, I find what was that? Gestalt therapy. And what is that exactly? Gestalt is uh, it's a it's a more dynamic form of psychotherapy. Um, that uh, they what they do is they they have what they call chair work, so it's you use uh, psychodrama, so you might uh, you know we might switch chairs and I'm the father and you're the son and I, I talk to the father or or I talk to a different aspect of myself. There's more of a a, a shamanic quality to it, mm. and I really resonated with that. Mm. And then I found core energetics i there was a guy in toronto um named tom strutt and a friend sent me to him and within 30 minutes of the first session he had me crying and it was physical stuff it wasn't a conversation and he had me up on my feet and he was looking at my body and which is very 
unnerving to have somebody really look at your body and he was reading my body and then he was making comments on it that felt like he was seeing through me in a way that um i don't know it had an impact on me and then he had me do some physical exercises and then out of nowhere i just started crying and i hadn't cried since i don't know when not like not like that you know cry at a movie maybe but this was like a real sob a cathartic release and i thought okay this is this is what i'm looking for i i, I want to be able to feel i knew that that there was feelings locked inside me just intuitively that i that i couldn't access and that i had pain and 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 fear and, and anger and this work felt like it gave me a, a a way to do that like it had techniques and principles that allowed me like direct access to to be able to really just feel. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, what comes up for me is how disconnected we as a society are from our feelings, how we're actually scared of them. Mm -hmm. You know, how we've been, how we've been, you know, made to think that our feelings are, you know, weak, um, especially for men. You know, like I, I even... You know, I remember hearing, you know, some of your like motivational or sales type, you know, gurus or whatever, and they'll say things like feelings. What is that? What yeah. is that? Like, I think Arnold once said that. Arnold, yeah. I remember watching him in a documentary. What is the feelings? Fuck that. Like, you know, I'm like, get it done, you know? From, from the work that you do, you know, if somebody's listening right now, why is it so important to reconnect with your feelings? Because if you not connect with your feelings, you're not present. And for me, the whole game is presence. Like to be present in your life with other people, with yourself, is is the greatest meta skill that you can have. And if you are not in touch with your feelings, if you're not connected with your feelings, if you don't know what you're feeling, you're going to be in some some kind of compensation. You're going to be acting out in in some way. And you're going to be motivated by things that you may not fully understand. So understanding what's going on internally for you is really important if you want to be present and, and free. And that's what I realized early on when I started to understand, you know, that there were things going on in my unconscious feelings and thoughts that were buried away that I was not really free. I was, I was acting out from these places or acting out in compensation to them and and then the mind tells stories to to rationalize right so if i have unconscious fear about getting my heart broken and i have a hard time getting into a relationship i might just say well you know i haven't met the right person or you know women these days they're a certain way but really there's something going on inside me that maybe I was hurt or, or maybe I'm angry unconsciously at women and that those unresolved feelings are going to cause me to, to stay separate and not really be able to get what I want. I mean, that's just one mm -hmm. example, but you know, the more, <laughs> the more I went inside and started to understand what was going on in there, the more I realized um, how I was being governed by those parts of me. And so, 
you know, listen, not everybody needs to like the work that I do is very intense, right? It's like you're, you're, you're going all the way in, but what happens is when you allow yourself to have that cathartic release, it's not just like, you know, tears or anger that, that, that moves through you. It also changes like how you see reality right like because your your unconscious emotions and your perceptual filters are connected so you can go in through the body and feel and change the way that you actually see reality because we all have distortions you know and uh blind spots and uh places uh inside ourselves or or in the world like things that we don't we don't want to see or we don't want to look at and you know, so so for me, it's just it's it, it, it's the most important thing, and and that's that's how I try to uh, what I try to convince people of that. Uh, even though it's scary, mm-hmm. there's good reason that we hold back our feelings or or we we're disassociated from them because we got really hurt, yeah. You know, or we got really scared, and or they weren't allowed, or we were shamed. And so there's some part of us that feels like it's not okay to bring them up. It's wrong to bring them up. Or if I bring them up, if I express them, something, something's going to happen. Something yeah. bad is going to happen. And, and so what, what happens in, you know, like in my workshops is, is, you know, you work through that fear and, and you give people a new experience of themselves. Cause of course, um, you know, from the work that you do when, when somebody goes there, when somebody's willing to be vulnerable, uh, when they release, it's it's not just cathartic for them, but it's cathartic for everybody who's who's around, around them. them. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you you said something. You know, I I I, I want to dig in a little bit because you said something that I understand. But if you would have used this word even four years ago, I would not have fully understood. You said it's what keeps you from being present. And I don't want our listeners to hear that and go, oh, present. It's everything. It's it's the difference between, you know, me raising my daughter and constantly being on my phone, right? Disconnected from her, or sitting there with her and mm-hmm. being able to fully enjoy like this beautiful gift and this beautiful moment in my life. It's the it's the difference between me, you know, being constantly in my head which in the perspective of an interviewer, you know, constantly worrying about the next question or fully listening to you, right? Yeah. Fully grabbing what you're saying, you know? And in relationship, it's the difference between, you know, you allowing yourself to be present with what you're feeling, but also what your partner is feeling. That's right. And giving them the space to share what they're feeling because you have the space within you to share what you're feeling. Yeah. So it truly is everything. The the, the present is everything. Yeah. Right? It's the only thing. It's the only thing. Yeah. Right? And yet, David, I know. I, you know, I'm I'm sometimes a little bit like dramatic with my <laughs> quotes, right? So I'm gonna say one. I think that, gosh, ninety plus percent of people aren't present. It's a lot. 
I think that's right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not present all the time. I'm Neither always I. working right. to get right. present. Yes. yes. And be aware when I'm not present. It's hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it you is. Because we're conditioned to not be present. That's right. That's right. So for, so for someone who's out there listening, like, could you give me some examples of what it would look like in their life right now if maybe they aren't present or aren't even aware that being present is so important? Like, what would that look like for them? What would it look like for them to become more aware of when when they're not present and how to get present? Or, just yeah, or, like or even just like help them become aware of like, g give me some examples of how people live life uh -huh. when yeah. they're not really present. Well, the most common one I think is is in relationship, right? So if I'm activated, let's say, with my, my partner, right? If I'm agitated or upset, um, there's a good chance that I'm, I'm not fully present, right? And what is it that I'm feeling? Um, often I'm gonna be projecting onto her some of the issues that I had with my mother. And she's going to be doing the same with me, you know, projecting some of her issues with her father onto me. So in those moments, neither of us, we're not present. Right, we're in some kind of transference or projection, and that happens all the time. And so the tell is, um, I mean, obviously sometimes our partners do things to upset us, but um, can I take responsibility for how I feel? Or if I'm in judgment or blame, I'm not present, right? If I'm in accusation, I'm not present. If I'm putting a demand, on them, meaning I need you to be this way, like for me, like you're doing it wrong, change, I'm not present, right? The only, the way to be present is to take full ownership for our experience in the moment. So she may be behaving in a certain way, but, and I can judge it, but the truth is like, I'm having a feeling inside me that, uh, that is in reaction to what's going on with her. So if I stay fully present, the only thing that I know for certain is how I feel. Mm. And that's that's um, that's what I teach. That's how I try to show up in the relationship. And so that I'm never in accusation, I'm never in judgment and blame. And I know that when we're in a, a fight, so if you're in a fight with your partner, which obviously we all fight with our partners, what I try to hold in my, pre in my mind while I'm in the fight is that this is not me and her, this is her little girl and my little boy. This is her defense versus my defense. Something painful is being activated. And so in that place, I am not present. I am in my history. You're reactive. I'm, I'm reactive. Right. And so if I'm reactive, right. I'm in my history. Something from my history, painful, scary, from something that happened to me as a child with my mom or with my dad, is being uh, provoked and then projected onto the present moment. Mm -hmm. So what does the present moment feel like? Well, everybody knows what it feels like. It feels like relaxed, it feels peaceful, it feels energized, but it has a kind of flow state to it. So if you're not in that flowy, relaxed, you know, infinite possibility that in that place, you know you're not fully present and also you know the 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 main tell is like are you in your head are you thinking all the time you're trying to figure things out you know when the mind is really the control center 
And very often we we want to rationalize our feelings or, or or talk about what's going on, try to make sense. And and that's fine. You know, like in, in therapy, you know, you wanna you wanna understand, you know, what I call the math of the problem, certainly. Like, but but ultimately, um, if we stay stuck in our head, that that's actually a way that we control our feelings. And so are you willing to come back to yourself and really acknowledge what's going on for me. And here's the thing, if you don't know, you're probably just afraid. Mm. I mean, that is generally the thing that takes us out of presence. And it may not make sense to your rational mind, but gen you know, when I'm uh, you know, in a fight with my partner or any kind of conflict or any kind of agitation, usually what I default to, if I'm not sure is, okay, um, I must be afraid. What is that? Why am I afraid? What? What? And then I ask myself a series of questions like, okay, what? What do I think might happen if this thing that I'm worried about, you know, happens? And then very quickly I realize, like, I'm not in reality. Like I'm, I'm kind of locked in my history, and that's why the agitation. And that's a hard thing to come to terms with because that that reality is so persuasive. But again, if we go back to the fight. You know, a fight that you have with 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 your partner. When you come out of that fight and you come back into connection, it's it's almost like you were like drugged up or something. Like you're you were in some other reality, and and I think in those places, literally, you are on some level transported back to your history. You're yeah. not really there, right. and I think that that's a concept that's really really important to understand so that you're not um uh you're not believing the stories that your mind is telling you while you're in that place because that's the dangerous part you know david um it, it, it you know, in in the work i do i um i work with couples sometimes they they join inner circle we get on a call and they join the call together. And as they're joining the call together and I'm sitting there, right? I, I ask them the magic question. You know, I start off all of my calls like this, like, okay, you know, three energies of human mastery, finances, relationship, and health. You know, which is the one that as I say that is the one that is sticking out at you the most as the one that isn't where you want it to be. Relationships. Okay, let's talk. What's going on? And so, you know, I'll start asking questions and it's so interesting because like the partner will say something and the other partner will go. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then, and then, and then, and then the partner looks at the partner doing that and then gets agitated by the yeah. fact that they just did that. Yeah. Right. And then the other partner will say something and mm -hmm. then this partner will like, there is what I hear you saying is, is that there's no space to not only be present, but be, because you're not present yeah. and you're so reactive, you can't even hear. No, you can't hear. Because you're not here. Yeah. Right? That was that was pretty cool. You you have to be here <laughs> yeah. to hear. That's right? right. Yeah. 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 And, and and then by the end of the call, once we've shown them that, it's like literally body languages that their their heads were pointing this way, right? And now they're shoulder to shoulder, then their heads are together, they're cuddling again. Yeah. It's right. It's like a whole different state. Yeah, it's, like it's back yeah, to this. 
and you don't you know what i what i try to do with the, with diana is like i don't make any definitive statements about anything like i don't know when i'm in that state i my uh you know critical faculties are uh they're very fallible I, they can't be trusted my mind can't be trusted and so because you hear this all the time you know you said i didn't say that right no i heard you say that that's exactly you never said that yeah. right <laughs> and because we hear things right right and sometimes we say things that we're not aware that we, we we we've said so all i can do is say this is my experience you know something happened between us i thought i heard you say this this is how i experienced what happened this is what i thought i said but i can't be certain of anything Right, so the only thing that I know is my experience, and you can boil it. You can really boil it down to like I felt hurt, I felt you know unseen, unheard, I felt unheard. Yeah. I felt unappreciated. We tend to, you know, you're not listening to me. Well, can you reframe that to I'm not feeling heard? Right, that's like a more vulnerable statement. Right, right, and so you're always trying to come back to the vulnerability, and that that's a difficult practice, especially when. We feel like we're not being heard, or maybe we grew up not being heard as children, and so there's, it's really sensitive, and, and there's there's a lot of um, pain there, and so we want we want to project that onto our partner. But if we can come back to the vulnerability and just keep saying what our experience was, I don't feel heard, or I didn't, I don't feel seen, I don't feel appreciated, as opposed to you know you don't listen to me, or you don't see me, or you don't appreciate me. Um, if you take off the accusation and bring it back to yourself, you're, you're going to get much, uh, a much better response from your partner. But that, that's a, that, that's a, a skill that can be practiced. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's impossible for you to have a successful relationship with another human being or a partner if you don't have a successful relationship with yourself. And what we as human beings don't realize is that we are deeply disconnected. We're disconnected from Mother Earth. We're disconnected from peace. We're disconnected from love. What we do at Awaken is we curate different exercises to help you reconnect first to yourself and then the beautiful process of reconnecting to everybody begins. And that's why Awaken is so powerful. You'll do more in three days at Awaken than you would do 30 years anywhere else. I was so stuck and now I feel peace. Awaken has been the best thing we have done for our marriage. Coming here, I realized that the answers were inside of me all the time. Head on over to dannymorell.com backslash awaken now to get your tickets today. I want to go into relationships. Yeah. Both of us are in the same boat. We're both engaged. Yeah. You're going to get married here in a couple of months. Yep. So am I. Is this your first? Uh, I was married. I had a Hollywood, four-month Hollywood marriage. Okay. So okay. technically not my technically first, not, but yeah, kind of yeah, my first. Kind of your first. Okay. All right. So I, I want to talk about this process. Um, and I'm probably going to share some things within myself that happened along the way. Um, I want to talk about the process of, as a man, like coming to the realization that like, this is your partner, mm. you know, 
we have a lot of women that listen. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is going to be a very interesting yeah, conversation, yeah. right? Um, because, you know, Osho, I think it was, that once said, the masculine is naturally polygamous. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the feminine is naturally monogamous. Yeah. And I remember I posted that quote once and people <laughs> lost their shit. They lost their shit, yeah. right? But I understood what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Because I know how my mind works, mm -hmm. you know, and I know that even when I had my partner, my journey was all about like, well, hang on a second. Like, can you really like let go and go all in to the journey of like this heart that is in front of you, you know, and, and sharing the space with this woman and, and can you really understand the magic and the beauty that is in relationship with someone else, right? That I think a lot of men have a hard time with, yeah. right? So I, I want to ask you on a personal level, what was that like for you? It, well, it took me a while to really see that Diana was the one. She saw it way before I did. And <clears throat> I had never dated anyone like her. So I, it... it it felt like my story was she's not my type. Could but you explain? It, well, I you know was used to um, kind of wild Hollywood chicks, yeah, you know, <laughs> and who had a, a certain kind of quality to them. And Diana was more quiet and reserved and very smart and very talkative I mean, we would talk for hours and hours and hours and we had a lot in common and there was a lot of connection but there was something that was just very different than what i was used to but our bodies were something was happening with our bodies like my body anytime our bodies were together you know in every capacity um something magical happened and i trusted that over my mind my mind was like eh, i don't know i don't know but my body was like yes 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 so i thought well that's probably a pretty good sign and i remember calling my buddy brandon and, and and saying exactly that he's like how's it going i'm like i don't, I don't know I'm, I'm not i'm not sure but you know there's something about the way our bodies work together her smell all that primal stuff and and that's the thing that that kind of got me through and and then as we got deeper into it i made more of a commitment and and you know we had some things that we had to work through i think i had a lot of fear she had a lot of fear and we had some big we had a before she moved to austin we had a we had a rough couple of months where i was like i don't know about this and all of my, I had a couple couple girlfriends who've been married like 20 years. They're like, this is part of it. You're going to have to go through this. So I, I, I trusted them. And we went through the fire together. And, and that felt important to me because I was like, we can fight. Like we can have a fight and we can figure it out. And then we can each take responsibility for our peace in it. And then we can come back come into back union. And that gave me a lot of confidence. Cause of course, life is complicated. You know, humans are complicated. I, I'm not under no illusions that we're we're gonna have a, you know, it's gonna be peaceful 24 seven for the rest of our lives. Like, I mean, I think conflict is how you grow. Yeah. 
And so I welcome it. I mean, not unnecessary conflict and suffering, but sometimes, you know, it let's, has to let's happen. Talk. It, let's yeah, talk. We yeah, gotta, let's, we got to yeah. get into it. And um, the fact that we could do that well, uh, that that was gave, like I said, gave me a lot of confidence. And, and, and that was, yeah, that was the factor. And, and then we had to work out a lot of the stuff around the masculine feminine dynamic. And, you know, I was inspired by a lot of the things that, that you say, um, that I heard you say on, on, uh, on your Instagram, you know, that the man's gotta be the provider a hundred percent. And I, I took that on and, I said, you know, I think I think that's the dynamic that I want in this relationship. And wow. she resisted it because her father told her, don't you rely on a man. Yeah. And I understand that. You, a woman puts herself in a very vulnerable position. So we also had to work through that. But now that we've arrived in it, it just feels so good, so sacred. I feel more invested. I feel more connected to my masculinity and and who I actually am as as the provider and taking on that responsibility. And it's done something to her. Like she's relaxed, and I'm um, I'm getting more of her uh, devotion and her femininity and and her love and appreciation. So uh, it, it's 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 been incredible, but. I, Listen, my mom left my dad. She left my stepdad. So I grew up, you know, not trusting yeah, women. Yeah. And um, those were pain. They were both, those breakups were painful for me. So it, it was a long journey for me to finally get to a place where I was uh, ready to have a relationship. The truth is, I was just, just terrified terrified that I was going to get my heart broken. So interesting. I resonate so much with all of it, with all of it. Because for, for me, what was terrifying was not that I was going to get my heart broken, but that I would break another heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand. Yeah. And so I don't know if you found it to, to be this way, but my mind started to create stories to like escape yes yes you, you know well, hey, and and i didn't even i didn't i don't think i've ever even told her this by the way i'm saying this right now i didn't i didn't want to look but once i finally had her it was like something was like no 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 this is too good to be true like why do i deserve this why do right. i get to have someone like her why do i get to like have peace and 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 real love yeah. right and and so my mind, I remember even calling Stephanos. I call Stephanos. I was like, <laughs> dude, help me with this. Cause I finally have everything I ever wanted. And my mind is trying to like create these paradigms yep. that I don't even want. Yep. I don't want them, but it's happening, right? And he's like, take a deep breath. It's all right, you know. Um, and, and that was actually a moment for me because I don't reach out too often, you know, but that was one that I did. And what I started to realize, David, was like, I was scared. Yeah. I was scared. I was scared of, you know, bullshit. I, 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 was, I was scared of breaking her heart. I was scared of my heart getting broken, you know? Yeah. That, was, that was my way of deflecting yes, that, of course. you know? And um, it's such a beautiful process. Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful process 
where you can get to that space. It's like, you know, it's like resistance, 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 resistance. Yeah. We're all both there. And it's like, you're there. Well, and I, I had a, a realization actually just this last weekend um, because I went, I was uh, teaching at this uh, training in Toronto. So it was around a, a bunch of uh, practitioners and, and therapists. And so we're, you know, talking about all this stuff. And, you know, my, uh, my dad wasn't around. So I, I became the de facto man for my mother. And so I had to meet her needs. But of course, I was a little boy. I couldn't meet her needs. So I'm stuck in this bind where I have to meet her needs, but I know I can't meet her needs. And it's overwhelming. And I have a sense of helplessness and shame about it. Like I'm not enough. And all of that came up in my relationship with Diana, like that I had to work through. Like somehow I had this idea that I had to meet all of her needs, um, but and which which meant um, like compensating for her own wounding, right? So we can ease like I, I like there was stuff that she had from her father, let's say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, places where she didn't get the love that she needed, mm -hmm. where she felt insecurity, and in some way she would put that on me, like you need to make up for what I didn't get from my father. And because of my history of like, I've got to take care of my mother, I'm like, okay, I have to do that. Right. But of course, I can't give her that, right? And so we had to work through all of that. She had to, you know, come to terms with, with her own uh, doubt and fear about being, I guess, desired or loved and relax into it and trust that. And I had to trust that I... I, I didn't have to be everything for her and that she would still stay. Yeah. And uh and I think that's a big part of why I avoided relationship for so long because it, it it the woman felt like a burden. And which because going back to not being present, I was had a hard time being present in a relationship because I always brought that story that I carried from my childhood. Like I have to take care of this woman, but unconsciously I know that I can't. So why would I want to get involved in any relationship? It's like, it's set up for failure. Right. And, um, and so I avoided for a long time and that, that was, I mean, that still comes up for me. Like I notice it. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Cause stuff, I, I, I want people to know, like we're just two human beings. <laughs> I don't have like, it all figured out. No, 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 no. We're still in the process. And you know, one of the things that I want to uh, offer to you, if you're listening, is, you know, don't put, you you feel this when you come to Awaken, like, I don't let you, I don't let anybody introduce me, I walk out and I'm like, let's get to work, like, yeah. you're not there for me, right? And I, I bring that up because so often, when we're disconnected from ourselves, and we're disconnected from from the power of who we are, we put people that we see on social media on a pedestal. And if anything, what I want you to always know is that like, I'm just you and you're just me and I'm just you and you're just me. And yeah. we're, we're still going through our stuff. Big you know? time. Absolutely. Yeah. The only thing is you, you, you do, de you develop awareness and skills. Sure. And over time and with, with practice. And so I, I, you know, you have a lot of skills and awareness and that's what you're teaching. And, and it's the same for me, but my stuff continues to come up. I've realized 
you know, I'm 54 years old now and that I'm going to be working on this till the day I die. Yeah. Uh, that there's no moment where I'm going to be fully realized and have it all together. And, and that's what life is about. And, and kind of, and just to surrender to that, to know, right. That there's always going to be growth. And if I can trust in that and not, because I think that's the thing that happens in relationship when you get, if you have a conflict, your mind can go to, there's a problem oh my God, we're in a fight, like something's wrong, it shouldn't be this way. And maybe the reframe is the conflict is demonstrating to us um, uh, the, it's giving us an opportunity to get closer, right? That there's some, there's some way, there's some fear that's standing in the way of a deeper connection and it's coming out through the conflict. And so the question I ask myself, is what am I fighting for in this moment? Like, and and usually what it is is I'm fighting for deeper connection. And once I know that, oh okay, like I'm trying to connect. And then I'm like that that changes the thing. I'm not trying to get away. I'm not trying to punish. I'm trying to find the connection point. And then there's then you realize actually there's something noble in this, and that there's something in me that's scared. There's something in me that's resisting. And there's something in the other person that's resisting. And if we can just like not pathologize it and just understand this is this is part of growth. I mean, th this is the hero's journey. This every story is uh, about that. You know, you have to go through a hard time to really get to the next level of the video game. And and before the breakthrough is always that scene where it feels like all is lost. And it's impossible. It's impossible and we're never gonna get through this. And so now when I'm there, I try to remember, oh no, this is a good <laughs> this is a good sign. If I'm feeling helpless, if I'm feeling in despair, if it feels like all is lost, I'm probably on the verge of a breakthrough. But I gotta ask you a question. Without sharing too many details. But but what happens, like it's all fine and dandy when you're in a relationship like I and you are in, mm -hmm. where you have someone else who can accept responsibility for their part, who yeah. can communicate effectively, who can hear you. But what if you're in a relationship with someone who just absolutely can't do any of it? What if you're in a relationship with someone who blames you for everything? Yeah. Right. And you're always the bad guy, right? And and and, you, and you're trying to look within yourself and see, okay, I don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah. So like, if I am, like, I, I'm open to like growing in that, yeah. you know? And, and you genuinely are the type of person that, that wants to find more connection. But on the other side, there's so much wounding that there's no reciprocation for that. Yeah. You know? they're, they're not present. Yeah. How do you handle that? that that's really difficult. Yeah. It's, it's a very difficult spot to be in. I think the thing that you have to do is you, you have to do your own work and to try to get present with yourself, to release yourself of any shame, to know that it's, it, it's definitely not all. I mean, I have particularly men who come in who are like, well, no, it's, it's men and women who are like, it's have this idea that somehow it's all their fault. You know, that they need to be better. If it was only, you know, uh, if they could only do something different or, but it's it's always, there's 50-50, you know, maybe it's not perfectly 50-50, but I think you have to default there. So that if you're in a conflict, like we are participating in it. Somehow sure. we are co-creating. Co for sure. And so each of us has a responsibility here. Each of us 
has something to learn. Each of us has a blind spot here. So if you can default to that, and then you start looking for for the place where you know you have that blind spot, or where you're not showing up all the way, or you have some distortion or some some transference from your childhood, you you have to do your own you have to do your own work. And when you do your own work, and then you what happens is you stop taking on what doesn't belong to you. So in the place where they're blaming you, if you're not taking it on, it's hard for them to keep blaming you. Yeah, there's nothing left to grab. Right, there's nothing left to grab. Do you think they blame you for some sort of like I'm, reaction? Like they feed off of that? Well, I want to, I, what do I, when I'm blaming somebody, it's because there's something I don't want to feel. Mm. Like I want to make how I feel your fault. Right. And if I can make it your fault, then I don't have to, I don't have to actually have to feel my pain. It's like you're doing this thing. And if you stop doing this thing, I wouldn't feel this way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, okay, fair enough, Fine, you know, right. but like, welcome to the world because, you know, that's that you're going to be endlessly trying to control the world and other human beings so that you don't have to feel things inside you that you don't want to feel. So, um, I try to take off there's, listen, there's legitimate complaints you can have in relationship. You know, we all... Sometimes Diana comes to me and says, hey, you know, the way you're showing up like this, you know, I, I don't like it. And, and sometimes she's right. And 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 I have to um, really be willing to receive that. 100%. But if she's in a constant state of judgment and blame, like you're doing it all wrong, you know, you always do this. Those are, those are the tells. But, uh, you know, uh, it's heartbreaking to... Um, to see the, the scenario that you just described. And I, I think what happens is that the only way we change is when we are leveraged by a massive amount of pain. And so if that person who doesn't want to look at themselves is confronted with like, um, I have to, like, I can't stay in this relationship. I can't stay in this dynamic. Um, it, it, that may be what's needed for them to be able to really look at themselves and, and, uh, and confront what it is that's going on for them. And I, I, because I think relationships ultimately for most of us are a spiritual practice. It's where we find most of our growth. Mm -hmm. It's that person sitting across from us is a mirror. Mm -hmm. for us and so if we can shift the way we look at relationships and think about relationships um and and put that out there that relationships are not um designed uh for us to get all our needs met and to make us happy all the time that's not what they're for i mean certainly we want some of that but they're really designed to for growth um and that's one of the reasons I got into relationship because I'd done so much work on myself and I, I knew that the next thing was I had to get into relationship and that that's, was the thing that I was avoiding. And I knew that that was going to be probably for me, the hardest thing, the most challenging thing. And I knew, but, but I also knew that that's where the next phase of my growth was. So if you've been listening to my podcast, you know I'm a strong believer and proponent of plant medicine's ability to awaken your mind, body, and soul. 
And many of you have asked me where I recommend going to experience the power of these medicines. And the only place on planet Earth I would ever recommend is Reunion. It's a not-for-profit healing center with over 30 years of experience in Costa Rica, which I trust wholeheartedly. I'm honored to have a line with them to create the Higher Self Scholarship Fund. So $100 from every booking from our community goes into this fund, and we will award the fund to someone like you every couple of months. So help me help others by using the code Danny Reunion when registering. The link to register can be found in the podcast notes, or you can learn more by going to reunionexperience.org. You know, for me, it was way different. For oh, really? Me, for me, I got into a relationship because I because I wanted her. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then when I got into the relationship, I go, oh, this is all about growth, right? Mm. I found, I discovered that when I was in relationship. Because when you have the story like I had, where, you know, I didn't receive love as a kid and I was always looking for the one outside of myself, I had already worked on and figured out the fact that I am the one and the one is me, right? But but still, I like deeply desired this woman, yeah. you know, um, and uh, and 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 then you then you you get what you want, yeah, right. And I think this is another very important thing for for you guys to listen to. And, and then you finally get what you want, right? Just be ready, because <laughs> on the other side of that is the real reason that your soul, your energy, your future, you attracted this scenario it's it, it it's gonna it's gonna be some work it's gonna That's be right. some some bumps and some some bruises and it's gonna be some the question is are you going to fight it or mm -hmm. are you gonna surrender to it yeah. and allow it yeah you know which in many ways is the feminine which is what leads us to our hearts you right know? um and and when i finally was able to like get there it was like honestly it was like this little boy like this little boy that like was deeply afraid of being still of being in family wow of of being loved and accepted for who i am who i really really am um for 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 being you know loved and accepted for who i am by someone that i perceive to be you know better looking, you know, more dynamic, more whatever, you yeah. know, and this is for me, I'm just being honest, you know, and, and like, it just, just chipped away at everything yeah. Yeah. until finally you get to the space where you're just like, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what happened, David, my, 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 my first, my first shaman ever, his name was Tom, right? Um, uh, Tom, I remember going into my first ayahuasca retreat. And at that time, I was all about like, where's the one? Where's the one? Where's the one? Right. And, and I asked him, I go, Tom, how do you know when you found the one? Right. <laughs> and, um, and he goes, well, he says, there's this thing called the point of no return. And it's this, the most wonderful yet scariest moment of your life. Because it's a moment where you finally realize that at some point in time, the person that you love with all your heart and soul is going to die. Mm. And you know, like, and like back then, and, and you might be left without them basically, it's, you know, something along what he said. Yeah. And back then, 
I didn't hear what the fuck he said. Yeah. I was still, to, where's the one? Where's the one? Where's the one? Yeah. Right. And I remember Jen and I connected, right? And I was watching Top Gun part two. <laughs> True story. True story. Top Gun part two. And I don't know what happened, but that damn movie is incredible if you yeah. haven't seen it, right? I'm in the movie theater and like he, he, he's on the fighter jet and he like gives himself up to like save the other person. And I'm, I'm telling you, it was a spiritual moment. I thought about Jen and I, I, I had that moment and my heart panicked. I felt this sense of panic, like, like I didn't want to feel the feeling of like someday the person that I actually love might not be here. Yeah. And, and it was like, oh my God, this is that whole point of no return thing. Yeah. Like that's when, that's when I knew like, I really love her. Like I really love her. Cause up until then I can honestly say, I don't know that I really understood what love was. Mm. Love was selfish. Love was all about me, yeah. what I yeah. can get, what what you're going to do for me. Yeah. And I think that's the the straw that broke the camel's back for me. That's an amazing story. It, yeah, it was it was it was a true you done plant medicine. It was yeah. a true moment in the movie theater where yeah. I was I, I I like it was in my my being that I felt this, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Well, I I with Diana you know, and it going also going back to your earlier question, I, I made it, and I, you know, it's also like I'm I'm a little older, so there's a part of me that was like, you know, dude, I mean, come on, you gotta, you gotta figure it out, you gotta figure it out here, <laughs> you know, if you really want to be that guy, and I thought for a time I was gonna be that, maybe guy. I'm gonna like, be, okay, the, yeah. I'm gonna be that guy, yeah. you know, it's fine, yeah, but I just decided. I'm going to commit. I made a decision. It and of course I'm in love with her and but you know she's a person, I'm a person. It's not perfect all the time. It's great. But I just made a decision. It's like I I have to commit and it's through the act of of commitment that I think we we got to the next level and I and I found this more um spiritual kind of love like the deeper love that is not that really is uh unconditional yeah because what i'm saying is i don't know what's going to happen between us i don't know how you're going to change i don't know how i'm going to change but i'm staying i'm in yeah. i'm in and yeah. i'm going to deal with whatever and i'm going to choose to love you every day and do my best. And when I'm not feeling that, I'm going to try to avoid letting my my stuff, my resentment, my bitterness, my anger, or the places where I feel like I'm I'm not getting my needs met, my selfishness. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to let that go because I know that if I can make the choice to love you every day and overcome all of that, I'm gonna be a better man. Mm -hmm. So I'm in some sense I'm I'm still doing it for me. Yeah. I'm I'm doing it to actualize myself to my highest potential, but it's through my love for her. And once I I understood that and 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 made that choice, it it felt um it felt empowering. It it, it and I felt like I felt self-responsibility and I felt a sense of you know, control. I mean, it, it committing is is literally surrender, but there's also a there is a control in it because you've made the, the decision. Yeah. yeah. And so that's yeah, that's where I'm I'm at with with her. And I put her through the 
through the tests <laughs> and you know and she put me through the test but uh yeah i'm um it it feels it's the the thing like through my life that i've struggled with the most and so now that i'm at this place it, it actually it, it it's like okay i figured something out doesn't it feel like, uh, like yeah like, like that I, part is gone. I got it. I got I, it down. You, you know, what's funny. I, I had a season where I had to kind of like not mourn that part, but that part of me had to like die. Yeah. And I didn't want it to die because there was a part of me that still wanted to be like in the chaos a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 well, it's be, familiar. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and it could be exciting. For sure. You know, I mean, yeah, I was in Hollywood and, you know, you go out to a party and there's all kinds of girls everywhere right. and they're all pretty right. and they're all exciting and dynamic. Right. And and uh, I didn't want to give that up. And there's always another one yeah. right around the corner. And uh, uh, so to commit was, uh, you know, going back to everything that I was saying, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot to, to give up. But that's the only way you get something like that is you, you have to be willing to give give something up and it's mm -hmm. usually something selfish and that you're attached to some aspect of your identity that's no longer serving you and take a, a deeper sense of of, of self-responsibility for your life which i think again is it, it is it is a spiritual path i i remember uh, a priest once told me a catholic priest that you know his his path was was through his his faith and and through the church and everything that he he had to do to become a priest but you know most people are not going to do that that they find their salvation uh through the relationship and that really stuck with me and so i i do i consider my relationship a spiritual practice i love that i love that final question i i, I i'm asking this for them uh-huh uh, you interviewed Andrew Tate. Yes. What was that like? What did you learn from that interview? It was um, it was a lot of fun yeah. to go to Romania and go to his compound with all of his boys, his brother, and his crew of fighters that hang out, and and just to see uh, what what that's like. Um, he's a great guy. He's, I mean, I, he's a controversial character. Sure. All I can say is that he was kind and gracious and funny. And I found him in the interview quite vulnerable, quite willing to, um, to go there, you know, mm -hmm. as much as he could. And he was engaged with me. And uh, I, I don't know, I was, I was impressed by him. I mean, but also sitting across from him when he really gets going, when he really starts talking, he's ripping. It I've wrong. never, I've, honestly, <clears throat> I've never seen, been around anything like that. He is so smart and so articulate, and it's, the words just yeah. come. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I feel I mean, like if we ever got into it, we'd have a pretty good sword fight with words. <laughs> yeah, you're I, ve you're I, very yeah, yeah, good yeah. as well. I, I I appreciate that. Yeah, when I see it like it's. You know, it, it's interesting. I know he's controversial or, or whatever, but a lot of the things he would said, I'd be like, "Yeah, he's he's, he's got a point. He's got a point." That's how, well. That's how I felt interviewing him. I mean, yeah. I could see the places where he's rationalizing, absolutely, and all of that, and he's got his construct. But it's it is well thought out, and and it does work for him, and it's powerful. Like he he said a lot of things 
that I think are um, important to understand. I mean, one of the things is that I don't believe in, I don't believe in anything that takes away my power. I agree. And I just, I just love that idea. Like, I don't care about what's true. I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit about anything. I believe in things that make me feel or give me more power. Now, you could argue with his definition of power. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right, right. he's got his own definition of what that means. But, but nevertheless, uh, things like that um, were uh, really interesting. So, yeah, I, I feel grateful that I, that I got that opportunity, that I have a, a kind of a, a relationship with him in, in that way. And I'm sure we'll, you know, that was the second time we've done it. And I have a feeling we'll, we'll, we'll do it again. I, I, don't, I don't know. It might be one of those things that we do every two or three years and yeah, to, for who knows how long. But uh, yeah, I love it's fun. That. I love that. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How do people get a hold of you? How do they care about your work? Yeah. You can go to my website, davidsuckliff.com. It's all there. I'm on Instagram, davidsuckliff33. And uh, yeah, I've always got, you know, new offerings and in, in, in workshops and different things, online uh, programs that I'm that I'm working on. So there's there's lots coming up that I'm working on. So you can check me out there. Yeah. And I, and I want to I wanna piggyback on that, David. We've We've brought you up to to our inner circle intensives twice matter of fact the only reason i didn't bring you again was because I, I you know just kind of want to give you a break right but um but i say this because you know there's a lot of people out there on this planet that you know that that do this work um um i, I, I want to challenge you to feel into their energy and feel into like what's what's underneath the desire to do the work because sometimes there's there's parts of people that still haven't been unraveled and they in some way shape or form could be getting some form of validation or energy from you whatever uh and one of the things i appreciate about you is you're definitely not one of those people mm. you know i really do um and um i appreciate that about you in terms of even our connection yeah you know like so often people want to like grab from me yeah. And you don't need shit from me. And I, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, seriously, it, it feels nice to know that you don't need anything from me. I don't need anything from you. And as a result, like we could, like we could hang yeah. just from a yeah. good space. So yeah. thank you for that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Appreci sure. I appreciate that. Appreciate it's, very, that. it's meaningful for me for to, sure. uh, I feel seen and understood. There you go. Yeah. 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 That's it for this week's episode of The Higher Self. Um, I enjoyed this one. Me I hope too. you guys did too. I hope you go back. I don't know that I've ever had a conversation with another man about like what it feels like for us to decide to pick the one. So I think that uh, this, this one's, this one's going to do good. This one's going to help a lot of people. And uh, we'll see you next week on uh, another episode of The Higher Self. Thanks for watching this week's episode of The Higher Self. If you want to continue your journey of awakening your absolute highest self, I invite you to join our community by downloading the brand new Awaken You app right now. Simply go to dannymorell.com backslash awaken and the letter U to download the app and I will see you inside our community.